0: Men, you may be seated. Let me open up with a word that Jesus said as he ministered to a family, a friend of his own that had died, Lazarus. But Jesus made a a very powerful I am statement to the family, and he reminds us of who he is today. Jesus said in John 11, when he ministered to the family, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He also told us in the book of Revelation, he said, I'm Alpha and I'm Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. I'm the first and I'm the last. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I hold the keys of hell and death. Because I live, you shall live also. We do gather here today to praise God, but also to witness to our faith as we celebrate the life of Don Hills, uh, Dr. Don Lee Hilts. And so we praise God and thank God for his life. We do come in grief. The grief is real, uh, Debbie knows that. Uh, but also the tears of joy are also real as we remember his life. And so we come in grief, we acknowledge our human loss. We know this but we also know that God's grace is very powerful, so we pray that God will grant us all grace, that in pain we may find comfort, in sorrow we will always have hope, and even in death we have resurrection because Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. We do remember and ask you to continue to pray for uh, Debbie and lift her up, Uh, sons, uh, Donald Lee Hills, DJ, his wife Vicki, and then Tommy, and Lizzie, and uh, two grandsons, Christopher James Hiltz, and he'll come and read a scripture in just a moment, and little, little uh, Tommy third. Tommy so uh, two great grandsons, Hudson, Lee, and R- Rylan, we, uh, we ask you to please remember these. Debbie also wanted me to just share with you the honorary pallbearers, and they're here, and some of them are family, but Donald Hiltz, Jr., Thomas Hiltz, Christopher Hiltz, but also Roland Rivard and Curtis Scott and George Barner. So on behalf, she wanted me to tell y'all thank you. She deeply appreciates it. Will you join with me in a word of prayer? God of us all, your love never ends. When all else fails, you still are God. We pray to you for one another in our need and for all anywhere who mourn with us this day God, to those who doubt, we pray that you would give them light. For those who are weak, give them strength. To all who have sinned, and that would be all of us, Lord, please extend your mercy. And to all who sorrow, God, give us your peace. Keep true in us the love with which we hold one another. In all of our ways, God, help us to trust you. And to you with your church on earth and in heaven, we offer honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Chris, if you'll come on, you're going to read a scripture. And...
1: What an honor it is to uh, be the first to speak on behalf of my grandfather. Today's, I'm going to be reading from Romans. Chapter 8, starting in verse 37. <clears throat> in all things, we are more than conquerors for through him who loved us. I'm convinced that, he, in, that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, this present moment nor the future, any powers, heights, or depths, nor anything in all creation, nothing is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Thank you Hudson. Bud, that's the esteemed title for a grandpa that never wanted to grow old. To me, he was the the cool grandpa that took me out on the boat, joy rides in the Viper, and breakfasts at Waffle House. You know him as Dr. Donald Lee Hiltz Sr. You may know my dad, Donald Lee Hiltz Jr then there's me, Christopher James Hiltz. I do not carry Donald Lee Hiltz third, but I do carry on his legacy. A legacy of friendship, a legacy of love, thoughtfulness, and among many other qualities, a contagious joy and sometimes a risky sense of humor. <laughs> the night before Bud Pass, I got to say goodbye and to pray over him. The Holy Spirit kept drawing me back to thank Bud for his legacy that he was leaving me. Every day since then, I've looked at my two kids differently. Hudson, hi Hudson. (laughs) Don's first great grandchild, and Rylan, who is the first Hiltz girl in many generations, whom he never got to meet. A sensible sense of joyful duty comes over me that I get to teach, laugh with, and love them the way that Bud did. For me, it's a struggle to apply the verse that I shared a moment ago. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. As sad as it is, I'm happy that Bud gets to feel that internal connection. For me, and hopefully for all of you, we get to share in his joy and experience the love of God, even in this present moment. Thank you all, thank you, Father Harvey, for your nice words, and I love and miss you, bud. Thank you, Chris.
0: If you would take your hymn book, and uh, we are going to sing hymn number 328. We're going to sing through it twice, surely the presence of the Lord in in this place. It's a very simple short song, but we're going to sing through it twice. Hymn number 328, would you please stand? Be seated. One of the scriptures that I've chosen today is very familiar. Oftentimes used at a time like this, Jesus was trying to comfort the disciples as he was preparing them that he had to die. And so he told them these words in John 14, verses 1 through 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, then believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And we can only imagine what Don is experiencing and seeing, but it's very personal with Jesus. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And thank the Lord for old Thomas who asked some good questions. He was honest, and he said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't understand all this. We don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus again made one of his famous seven I am statements. Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you would take your take your bulletin and would ask that you would see the Lord's Prayer there. And I'll ask that you'll join me. We'll pray together as Jesus taught his disciples, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. DJ, if you want to come.
2: Uh, So my father was uh, also affectionately known as Big Daddy, my old man, and Bud. He was also the self-proclaimed world's oldest teenager (laughs) from breaking his teeth skateboarding because he was old and definitely not a teenager to driving a Dodge Viper in his 80s. Seriously, who drives a Viper in their 80s? That'd be Dad, the world's oldest teenager. Although he liked to play hard, probably his most agreed on attribute was his hard work, doing whatever it took to get the job done and being successful in doing so. Any job worth doing is worth doing right. I heard those words hundreds of times growing up. I know these words have been instilled in my brother Tom and my son Chris, because I see it in their work ethic. It's nice to see dad's words and ideas being passed down through the generations. My father was a very strong and tough individual, kind of a cross between Clint Eastwood and Arthur Fonzarelli, because he had that dash of cool. (laughs) Uh, He was an extremely proud man, proud of his family, proud of his success, and proud of his cars, as well he should have been. And we were all proud of him as well. This is without a doubt the worst day of my life. Let me tell you about the second worst day. That was when my dad told me that professional wrestling was fake. (laughs) It was gut-wrenching. It ripped my soul out. Um, Now, come on, Dad, I'll go with Santa Claus, but please don't tell me wrestling's fake. Um, So the other day, I was just having scrolling through Facebook, and I stumbled across a headstone uh, from a wrestler from back in the day, and I figured I might throw it out here. He says, our family chain is broken, and nothing feels the same. But as God calls us one by one, the chain will be linked again. So, with that, I just want to say I'm really proud and honored to call you Dad and Father. Godspeed, Big Daddy.
3: Oh, excuse me. Before I get started, uh, I just want to say I had so many people today tell me how much they're going to miss my dad's smile, and I can't help but think it's amazing that none of you had to learn to drive with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever tried to do something as overwhelming as write my own dad's obituary. Trying to sum up the life of someone who's so iconic to me in just a few minutes felt like staring into a void. I had no idea where to start or what to say and I had this sort of nagging feeling that I should try to sum up every lesson I ever learned from him into some kind of list. Sort of like etched rules I received on a mountaintop. Sounds nice, right? Like The Facebook lists you see, the top six lessons I learned from the greatest man I've ever met over 32 years. But that just made a tough task into an impossible one. The thing that you have to understand is, to me as a young boy, my dad was more than just a man. He was elemental, like a force of nature. He was sort of this fierce, decisive, black-and-white colossus who can mystify a boy still learning about the world. If you look back on the whole history of civilization, across eons and continents and civilizations and cultures, you notice that a few relationships seem to really stand out. And I think something about them speaks to the core of our humanity. The first one is a love a man and woman feel for each other, but the second one, I think, has to be the bond between a father and a son. There's something in that relationship that seems so integral to who we all are, that it's interwoven into this very sanctuary and our idea of God and Christ. So the fact that I lost my dad two, days, two months to the day after I became a father myself makes the sting that much worse. But I started by saying it was overwhelming to try to distill my dad's life into some sort of ranked list. As I've thought more over the past few days, there's one story that stood out to me more and more. A little over a year ago, Lizzie and I knew that we were gonna start trying for kids. We happened to be visiting mom and dad during this time and I had an opportunity to take a pretty long car ride with him and I thought this will be great. I'm gonna use this time and I'm gonna pick his brain and I'm gonna figure out all these secrets of fatherhood that he's had this whole time. Since we weren't really telling anyone that we were trying, I used some really subtle questions to plant the seed so that I wouldn't give away where I was really going with this, you know. How did you know you were ready to be a father? <laughs> and how did you know what to do in the moment? And maybe the biggest one to me was, how did you know you weren't going to mess up? And dad, in sort of his classic way, would give me one-word answers to these deep questions. Uh, you know, how would you know when you were ready to be a father? I didn't. <laughs> were you ever worried you'd mess up? No. <laughs> Finally, he told me, you'll just figure it out. And at the time, I was really disappointed that I wasn't getting some kind of spelled out rules or some sort of motto that would have like, you know, all the answers. But in hindsight, my dad gave me his whole philosophy on fatherhood on that one car ride. My dad wasn't the kind of man who preached lessons, he lived them. He knew right from wrong, he said the truth, And he acted in a supreme confidence that if you do the right thing, you'll be able to get through what comes next. And the best way that I, or anyone else who knew and loved him, can honor him, is to go out those doors today and spend tomorrow and all the days to come living a life of clear morals, self-discipline, self-assurance, deep faith, and abundant and loud laughter. That's the life that he lived, and that's the legacy that we get to maintain.
0: you'll figure it out. (laughs) Life is a lot that way. But thank thank God we don't have to walk it alone. I just remind you of the scripture that I just shared with you that Jesus shared there with the disciples. Uh, Words that remind us that this is not all there is. That we know that there is eternal life and that Jesus has prepared the way in our journey. And so, uh, y'all know the song, You Can Only Imagine. You remember one probably written around around 2000, became the most popular Christian song on secular stations ever. People are hungry for something spiritual. And so the guy who wrote it, wrote it for his father, just wondering what his dad was seeing, can only imagine what it will be like when my father's there in heaven. And so we can only imagine the place that Jesus has prepared for Don and for us, but, but thank God there's a place. And Jesus has made clear to us how to get there. I am the way, I am truth, and I am life. Come through me. And so he walks with us on that way. Um, I watched the video online and it was great. And uh, Don used to be younger. My grandson, favored the other day, he got in the car and he looked at me. Some of y'all know Favor, He just turned six years old. He said, Papa, your hair's getting white. And I said, yep, it is. One of the first things I noticed when I looked at the obituary is uh, this line. During high school, he competed for and won the Maryland State High Hurdle Championship. I would have never have thought of that. <laughs> But as I looked at his younger years, he did it. So anyway, that just stood out to me. I'm not sure why. Um, I'm going to go and refer to a couple of things. But do y'all know how Don and Debbie got here to Gadsden? Some of you probably have heard the story. They saw that there was, a read, I guess you read it. I mean, we didn't have internet back in the old days. Yeah, that we you read it somewhere, the 50 best towns to live in in the U.S. They studied it, they searched it, they actually visited several towns including Gadsden. And they picked a Gadsden. So if you didn't know that, that's how we all were blessed to get to know. Debbie and Don, they chose Gadsden and we got to be blessed by it. So thank you all for choosing Gadsden. Uh, Water was part of the reason when of y'all mentioned boating, somebody did, and Don loved boating. That was a part of who he was. Um, also, something that I noticed in the obituary, a couple of things, but one is this. Y'all know, he, some of you that know him, he loved fast cars. And uh, in particular, he had the Dodge Viper and had a tag on it that was what? Zoom with all the O's. And who knew we would have Zoom meetings and it was all because of that license plate. (laughs) Zoom. So anyway, speed, fast. He loved that. Although you poured it out to me, he didn't really drive fast. He just liked fast cars. Okay, all right. We probably know better than that. There's a time or two we know he lit it up. So... uh. I didn't know this too, even, I know he retired twice. He had shared with me about being a doctorate in physical therapy and doing all that he did in Maryland and came here, that retirement didn't last long and then he began to work and was over the state board of physical therapists and helped lead that. Uh, But he also, he taught algebra and English at Gadsden State GED program. I didn't know that, I don't know if he'd ever told me that, but anyway. Uh, Don was very thankful and grateful for his children and his grandchildren. Debbie and I talked and that's one thing that he was so thankful for family and uh, grateful for that. Uh, Debbie shared with me that she was smitten by Don, those were your words, and uh, that they were and are very close and best friends. And she said he was my rock. And so may God continue to pour out His comfort over you, over all the children, and and that we will all find comfort in the Lord. I mentioned he had a doctorate in physical therapy. I kind of wondered because I, you know, I was here six years, and so a lot of those years they came to the service on Thursday evening, and uh, but I I've, I thought about it as he's passing away and doing physical therapy. You're so up close. I've had torn knee and my wife's had shoulder surgery. And you know, the physical therapist is right there. It's a very intimate healing thing, physical therapy. But I imagine and I wondered how often Don helped people with their spiritual therapy in the middle of all of that. I thought of Psalms 91. I'm gonna read part of it as I think about Don and uh, I'm gonna read verses one through four. And then I'll drop down and read verses 14 and 15. Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Our theme at our church that we're leading up to in Lent is the shadow of the cross. So here it says those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High, they will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and he is my fortress. He is my God in him I will trust. Don trusted in God. Verse 3 said, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. What an what a imagery of. God will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth, his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Oh, how we need truth. Then it goes on down in verse 14, and so it's it's God speaking and saying to the psalmist, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. He set his love on me. I'm going to deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Don knew Jesus personally, intimately. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. At the Thursday evening worship service, uh, that's where I really began to know uh, Debbie and Don Hiltz. And uh, I also, I shared earlier, but I was blessed to share in Tommy and Lizzie's wedding here. Um, my mom and my dad came to that Thursday. Some of you that came to that Thursday worship service know that my mom and dad came every Thursday to hear their little boy preach. And uh, they came every pretty faithfully. Well. Don and my dad built a friendship, and they had a lot of conversations. In fact, sometimes I would, hey, Daddy, look, I I gotta go. You y'all keep talking, but I, this, if you'll go out this door, it'll lock behind you. I didn't realize until I read the obituary. I I guess they told me this that Don was born in 1938. That's the same year my dad was born. So Daddy would be 30. He'll be 85 this summer, and then. Don would have been 85 in May. And so I'm sure they talked about some things that were common, although he grew up in Maryland. My dad grew up here in, in Alabama. But still, the stuff that was going on in that time in their lives, as growing up boys through World War II and all of that, they had in common. And I know they talked about all that stuff, because if you all know my dad, he was talking. And, uh, and Don was trying to outdo him. And... Uh, One good thing that Don left us was that Don knew that he needed a Savior. He knew that he needed Jesus. I don't know exactly along the journey where all that came to Don, but I know that along the journey, he, he somewhere along the way, he humbled himself and asked Christ for forgiveness. and He asked Christ into his heart. And he knew that because of that, he would have eternal life. And then he could hear the words, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, then believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. And so Don was able to live into that. He believed that Jesus was who he said he was. Don believed that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And as the psalmist said, I remind you in Psalm 91, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, my God in him I will trust. And I pray today that if you've not trusted in him, Don would want me to say, ask him, Harvey, have you trusted in Christ? If you hadn't, why don't you today? I want to close just by saying uh, some words from Paul um, Paul wrote his last letter. As far as we know, to Timothy was the last letter that he wrote. Timothy was a young preacher. Paul had mentored him. So here we have in scripture of this greatest evangelist that walked on the earth, the Apostle Paul. And he told Timothy, my departure is at hand. Those are dying words. My departure is at hand. And so he closed out 2 Timothy with these words. You're probably familiar with them. 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. I fought a good fight. I have finished the race. And I'll add, because of Don, I have jumped the last high hurdle. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. And finally... The promise that Jesus said that he would give us, I go to prepare a place for you. Paul said, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who has loved his appearing. We come today to celebrate and thank God for Don Hiltz. But we also come to praise Jesus Christ and to thank him that Debbie and the whole family, DJ and Tommy, because of Jesus Christ, because of well, the celebration that we're about to go through with Easter and that our God is not dead, our God is alive. We have eternal hope and we have comfort always. And the same God who walked with Don is walking with you. And he has prepared a place for us. And so while we do grieve and we may have a tear of sorrow, I lost mama back in October. I think most of you probably know that. I preached her funeral. But I said at her funeral, I'll see you again. Only children of God are able to say that. We we grieve, we miss them. But thank God, Debbie, we're going to see him again. We can only imagine what it's going to be like. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What we'll do next is sing the hymn, uh, hymn number 593. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. It's hymn number 593. I would ask that you would stand and let's sing together. Hymn number 593. Here I am, Lord. You may be seated, I'm going to just share a couple of words and then a prayer of benediction and then what we're going to ask you to do is remain seated as Benny is going to play Amazing Grace and we just want you to enjoy that. Following his playing of Amazing Grace, uh, the family will remain around just for a few moments if you didn't get to visit them when you came in and then there will be a meal prepared for them in the fellowship hall. So uh, uh, Let me share with you this prayer. Will you pray with me? It is a prayer of thanksgiving. God of love, we thank you for all with which you have blessed us even to this day, for the gift of joy in these days of health and strength, and for the gifts of your aiding presence and promise in the days of pain and grief. We praise you for home and friends, and for our baptism and a place in your church with all who have faithfully lived and died. Above all else, we thank you for Jesus, who knew our griefs, who died our death, and rose for our sake, and who lives and prays for us even now. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. Thank you for Don, and thank you for the family. Continue, Holy Spirit, to bring a wonderful warmth of comfort that only you can bring because of your abiding presence. We love you this day. Give the family continued strength. And as we hear now the words and the reminder, let us be thankful for amazing grace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. said amen. This concludes our service. Tommy mentioned to me one thing that uh, Don loved on Easter morning when we sang the hallelujah praise that we would turn around and look at that stained glass window of our ascending Lord. God bless you.